0: From the Carter Subaru Studios, this is Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. It's the third hour. I am your host, Jake Skorheim. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We really do appreciate it. And because you're here, I know that you have made a wise choice. You have chosen wisely. I have another question for you, though. Have you guys subscribed to the podcast yet? Look it up. It's easy to get to. Look up Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim wherever you get your podcast. And if you don't do it... He chose poor knight. I was so impressed with myself when I came up with those clips to play. It's pathetic. It's really pathetic. All right. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff tonight. Um, here's a little parenting advice I'm doling out to you guys. I just discovered this this morning, and I realized this like sense of, self, of satisfaction that I was getting every time I was doing this as a parent, and I wanted to pass this along to you guys. So I have three kids. I have three uh, boys. They're getting crazier and crazier as time goes on. And my wife is pregnant with our fourth boy, so uh, it's not going to get easier anytime soon. So as a parent in this modern time, I'm constantly trying to figure out, all right, how do I set these kids on the right path? Like, how do I make sure that I'm raising them to be strong, thoughtful, polite young men? And it's tough. It's like really tough. And I mean, you're any parent out there within the sound of my voice understands this push and pull that happens with parents because they have, kids have access to so many things these days, technologically, sometimes it makes it difficult to parent. But I have stumbled upon a parenting hack. I should, start a, I should start a whole separate podcast called Good Parenting with Jake. Good Parenting with Jake, where I just give you guys my little bits of wisdom that I've picked up in my uh, 10-ish years of parenting. But I, I have a lot of hours of parenting in there, again, because I have a bunch of kids. So this is one thing I've started to recently do. My kids' attention span is fairly short. And so they have gotten really impatient lately. And you know that little thing at the start of uh, any Netflix show you might watch or like any Disney show or Prime, any streamer, they now have an option where you can just hit a little button and you can skip the credits and just get right into the meat of the show. Now, you and I, growing up, we did not have that option. We had to sit through Full House opening credits. We had to sit through Family Matters, I called it Steve Urkel, but Family Matters opening credits, whatever you watched growing up, you had to sit through it and you had to sit through commercial breaks. Like kids don't have any of that anymore. And so what my kids do is anytime one of their new shows starts, like this has recently been happening on Bluey. We watch a lot of Bluey in our house. Um, It's a great show, actually. It's really, really great. It's out of New Zealand, super funny. The parents are really relatable as parents, even though they're all, it's a family of dogs. Uh, But, they seem like real a real family. So it's really it's it's fun to watch. Anyway, it's very funny. Like it's just one of those shows that you can watch. It's like remember how Shrek when Shrek first came out and everybody was like, "Oh, it's funny for adults and kids." That's kind of what Bluey is. So this is not like a Bluey. I'm not pumping Bluey here for everyone, but maybe in a way I am. But my kids every time, it doesn't matter what show they watch, every time the show starts, they all rush for the remote and they're like, "Get through this." skip it, skip it. And they're screaming at me to skip it. And so what I've started to do, because I'm a smart parent is I hide the remote. Like if I'm going to allow them to have TV time, and we cap their TV time. Uh, we actually, you know, they get a certain amount of minutes a day. They can spend those minutes on whatever show they want. But once those minutes are off, then the, you know, we, tr- we try to shut it off. I don't know. I'm not trying to like say that I'm a perfect parent. So they grab the remote and they try to hit the skip button. So just like, get past the credits. And so what I've started doing is I, I hide it. I hide that remote the self-satisfaction that I feel when I watch my kids freaking out because they can't skip through the credits. I'm just like, you know what I'm doing right now? I'm teaching these kids patience, And I think that's what makes me a good dad. That's what sets me apart years from now. when my kids are living their life. They're not going to be skipping the credits. They're going to grow up. That's going to be their hardship. Actually. Like when we were growing up, our parents were talking about how they walked in the snow both ways, each way uphill to school. I, I, what, is our, what is our difficult thing? We had to sit through TV commercials. Like that's what we bragged our kids about. Well, we, we had to sit through TV commercials. And now our kids, they're gonna grow up and say like, well, my dad made me watch the credits on every TV show that I watched. And and I'm, and I'm a better adult for it because now I know patience. <laughs> that, that's how I'm teaching my kids patience. I don't know if it's like a perfect plan, but that's what I'm doing. But that's something that you guys can take home, so enjoy it. All right, um, I want to update you on a story that I thought was uh, – we covered this a bunch of times, and it had a great catchy name to it. It was the Pajama Prowlers. There was a group of teen girls that was going through Bellevue, And they went through a bunch of towns, but they started in the Lake Hills neighborhood in Bellevue. And in one night, they broke into 18 cars. And the reason that we knew that it was a group of girls and why they were called the Pajama Prowlers is because everybody has a ring cam in front of their house. And on these ring cam, we caught video of these girls wearing matching pajamas going up. And we could kind of see their faces. So sooner or later, they were going to get caught. And I have an update on that. So you can probably guess what that update is. But sooner or later, these girls were going to get caught because the ring cameras were right on their faces. Like somebody was going to turn them in. Like more and more famous they got, the more places they broke into, somebody was eventually going to turn them in. So they got caught. Somebody finally said, hey, I recognize that girl. Uh, But they were all wearing matching pajamas. And then they were going up to these cars in Bellevue. I'm describing what breaking into a car is, but you guys can probably put the two and two together in your heads. They were taking hammers, they were taking rocks, anything they could find, just breaking into windows and stealing people's stuff, which is a real bummer. Uh, Let's see here. You see uh, uh, Seth Tyler. He's with the Bellevue Police Department. He spoke with Cairo News Radio earlier, and he said, uh, we did some additional investigation and learned that these individuals were tied to a number of similar incidents in the region, including an armed robbery in the parking lot of a grocery store in Federal Way. This is Seth Tyler uh, talking to Cairo News Radio earlier. Surveillance video showed three girls dressed in pajama pants and hoodies using a hammer to smash car windows and steal the items in one of these videos. This is the part that was surprising to me because I just assumed, because I am really bad at guessing ages. Like I was in the uh, elevator the other day with my wife. We were coming down the elevator from uh, her, her uh, baby doctor appointment, the OBGYN, making sure everything's looking good. And everything is looking good. Thank you for your prayers. And uh, we're excited about the baby and everything. So we're on the way down. And I've got three kids. I've got, I'm got on fourth right now. So I should know kids' ages. And there's a lady in the uh, elevator with us. I don't know where she's coming from. doesn't matter. It's not part of the story. But I'm coming down the elevator, and I'm standing next to my wife. And I've told you this. Anytime I'm in an area where people are, I'm just I'm going to make a conversation. My wife's just like, don't talk to people on the elevator. But I do. This is kind of something I do. So this lady's standing there. She's staring straight ahead. Her kid's looking up at me and being funny. So like me and the kid, we're simpatico. And we're just laughing about whatever. I'm, I don't know how much she appreciated that, but I was doing it. And my wife's standing there. And so I look up at the lady and say, oh, how old is your uh, kid? I, I venture to guess. I said, is this kid uh five years old and again i have i have this is a little boy sitting in this uh stroller now the fact that he's sitting in a stroller should have tipped me off none of my kids are riding in a stroller i have a four-year-old like my youngest right now is four years old we don't push him in a stroller we haven't for years i don't know why i thought this kid was five i just i have age blindness in my head uh is your son five i say to the lady and she looks at me and she's like no he's he's 18 months he's a year and a half It's not even close He's less than half of your guess. Uh, I'm bad at guessing ages. So when I saw this pajama uh what is this pajama party? No, it's not pajama party. Pajama prowlers, these pajama prowler girls prowling around uh Bellevue in these videos that they showed of these them breaking into cars. I assume anybody who had the the wherewithal to go break into these places must be a stupid old teenager, 18, 19, maybe 20. They got real problems. I don't know what their problems are, but they maybe they've maybe they need some. I don't know. People still shouldn't break into cars, even if they need something. But they shouldn't break into cars. But these girls, 13, 14, and 16, uh, according to law officials, they're connected with other break-ins in Federal Way, Tacoma, Seattle, and Auburn. I don't know how 13 and 14, maybe one of the 16-year-olds drives. Um, So, okay, this is uh, in the My Northwest article. You guys can check it out there. After assistance from surrounding agencies and other sources, the Bellevue Police Department arrested two of the involved girls this past Friday. Um, The first suspect, 13, was arrested for suspicion of possession of a stolen vehicle. Jeez Louise, 13 years old with a stolen vehicle? Come on. Malicious mischief and motor vehicle prowling. The second suspect, who was, who was 14, this is the slightly older one, was arrested for suspicion of possession of a stolen vehicle. Motor vehicle prowling and malicious mischief, same things. Um, 13 and 14, that's so young. Police identified the third juvenile female, who she, she is 16, and charges of possession of a stolen vehicle, all the same stuff, will be forwarded to the King County Juvenile Prosecutor for consideration. The second and third suspects were already in custody at the King County Youth Detention Facility for charges unrelated to the Bellevue incidents. Sounds like these girls are high achievers. Ultimately, what it came down to was some good old-fashioned detective work that was able to definitely link them to these crimes. And that is, again, that is Seth Tyler talking to Kyra News Radio. Um, They broke into a ton of cars. So I hope that these girls... I don't want them to be locked up forever, but they should be locked up for a little bit or at least something to help them learn their lesson because they've gained a fair amount of press. What I'm worried about now is that kids do things. We've talked about the Kia boys. We've talked about things like that. I'm worried that kids these days are just trying to be famous no matter what, even if it means doing stupid things like stealing Kia's, Because somebody goes onto TikTok and teaches you how to steal Kias or breaking into cars because somebody realizes that a hammer can smash glass. Bad deal. I don't like it. People shouldn't do this. Um, I also want to say, uh, correct something. This article has something else that I am noticing from a previous time that we covered the story. A homeowner who goes by the uh, nickname Nana Mouse recently had two of her cars damaged. She told Kyra uh, Kyra 7 News that it was an inconvenience that she didn't need. Um, so when I originally did this story talking about these pajama prowlers, I mentioned Nana Mouse, and I I said it like three or four or five times, Nana Mouse, Nana Mouse. I never put two and two together about what that, what that fake name, what that anonymous nickname actually was implying. And so one of the, my texters, t- I don't know, remember who you who of it you texted in, but thank you. So I I, I can correct it here, Nana Mouse. Somebody cleverly can't. It means anonymous. Isn't that crazy? Did you guys pick that up? Am I the only one who didn't pick that up? Probably a lot of you got that. You guys are smart. You're so smart. Man, you're so smart. All right, uh, let's move on. I've got some great news for you guys, like some seriously good news. I'm excited to share this with you. The economy, it's been uh, not so great. Uh, inflation's been really high. The price of groceries and gas, obviously, through the roof. We all feel the pinch when we're spending money on anything. Everything is more expensive, but there is reason to celebrate. Yes! Happy days are here again, the sky. I, I don't even sing like that. That's an old song from the 1930s. That's Ben Selvin and the Crooners. Obviously, you guys already knew that. Um, I don't know how they sing like that. It's just like this way that they're talking, this tonal thing that they do back in the 1930s. It's very interesting to me. All right, so uh, happy, happy days. They're here again. There's reason to celebrate. Uh, the story is a little, that, that lead up is a little misleading though. It's actually not you who should be celebrating. There's less money for you, which is not a reason to celebrate, but there is more money for the IRS. And some exciting things are happening at the IRS. I'd like to share some of those exciting things with you. There's a website or it's a paper called uh, the Government Executive. I think it's a, a website. They keep track of things like this. And uh, they have a story on why the IRS is celebrating right now. And the, when the IRS celebrates, it's never good news for you, trust me. So this is interesting. So thanks to the comically named Inflation Reduction Act the IRS has received a huge influx in new money, which they got from the government, which then allowed them to expand the business. Obviously we all want to see businesses grow. I'm not sure I want to see the IRS grow, but they did, they grew it. They hired a bunch of new agents and according to government executive, again, that website, which details all these things, they said a funding and staffing surge at the international revenue service has led to a bunch of new revenue. Yay. Originally the Biden administration, Uh, projected that if they hired a bunch of internal revenue service officers, that they would be able to bring in a bunch of money. In fact, they projected $390 billion over the next 10 years. Now, here's why the IRS is celebrating. What actually happened, they brought in a bunch of new IRS agents. Those IRS agents combed through a bunch of stuff and they said, hey, you know what? There's some even more streamlined ways that we can make more money. Not make money, they don't make anything at the IRS. They take money from you. There's even some more streamlined ways that we can take some of your money. So listen to this. Original estimates factored only the direct impact of hiring thousands of additional revenue agents with the IRS, within the IRS, which Treasury Department officials now say neglected revenue generating factors such as service improvements that make it easier for taxpayers to pay what they owe, boosted certainty for those with complex filing and efficiency gains by improving IT and data analytics. That's all exciting, guys. And it's all kind of like industry speak. But what it means is they're not bringing in $390 billion over the next 10 years. With these new hires, and because they've streamlined everything, they're able to quickly get your money out of your pocket to the tune of $850 billion. More than double what they projected. And so that's pretty exciting, right? Stop wasting that time. You. Maybe you don't, do I have to come right flat out and tell you everything? Give me some money, give me some money. That of course is from Spinal Tap, super, super funny movie, but nothing funny about, uh for, for what is it, 890, 890 billion, 850 billion dollars. Extra money, going to the IRS, woohoo! they can celebrate. Am I celebrating because the IRS is going to take more of my money? No, I'm not celebrating. But you know what? Let's, let's look at the bright side of things. I always like to try to look at the bright side of things. Maybe, just possibly, are they going to spend it on some good stuff? Like maybe they're going to take some of that money out of our national debt? Just like put some of that money towards paying down some of our debt. That would be great, right? Think that's going to happen? Probably not. I don't think so either. All right. When the money is flying towards the IRS, all you can do is laugh. Why don't we just laugh for a second? You guys want to laugh together? Politics. Let's talk about politics. Politics is funny. In Nevada last night, they had this primary. It was Tuesday night last night. Former South Carolina governor, Nikki Haley, who was running against Donald Trump for the GOP uh, uh, election to be the GOP candidate for president. She was vo- there were some votes cast last night in the Nevada primary. She did not do so great. In fact, she got less than, a th- she got about a third of the votes. Two-thirds of the vote went to, guess who? It wasn't Trump. He wasn't even on the ballot. So who'd she lose to? The answer is no one. She lost to, quote, none of these candidates. Listen to this. Those who participated in the primaries, thousands and thousands of people who cast a vote, chose none of these candidates over Nikki Haley, which <laughs> is crazy. Like 60 something percent of people who voted in this said, I, I'd rather vote for no one than I word for uh, Nikki Haley. And that's just painful. I don't <laughs> the that's gotta hurt. That's gotta hurt. Uh, So yeah, a bad night. And the Trump immediately, of course, Trump jumped on this. He said, uh, he tweeted out, he said, a bad night for Nikki Haley, losing by almost 30 points in Nevada to none of these candidates. Watch, she'll soon claim victory. Trump's always fairly funny. Uh, The Haley campaign did answer back and they said earlier this week that it did not spend a dime nor an ounce of energy on Nevada. So maybe that explains why they did so poorly there. And uh, they said they think that the the state's GOP process is rigged for Trump. So they didn't even want to contest, They didn't want to try to be part of it. It did remind me, though, do you guys remember the movie Brewster's Millions with Richard Pryor, John Candy? It's one of my absolute favorite movies growing up. I loved it. I love Richard Pryor. Everything John Candy's in, I just think, is hilarious. And one of the, like, side things in... I'm not going to explain to you the plot of Brewster's Millions. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely go see it. But Richard Pryor is trying to waste some money, and so he decides a really effective way to waste money is in politics. But... He doesn't want them to vote for him. Mr. Brewster! Mr. Brewster! Mr. Brewster! Could you please give us your reasons for your sudden and unexpected candidacy? I figure voting for Salvino or Heller is just as silly as them running for office, which is just as silly as me running for office. The only thing not silly is the power of the people's vote. And I think the people should use it to vote for... None of None of the above. That's right. All right, uh, so that happened, actually, in real life. Art imitates life. It happened in Nevada last night. Uh, I feel kind of bad for Nikki Haley, but we'll see. Maybe South Carolina will do better for her. All right, we got a lot more coming up on the show. Stick around. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights. Stop wasting that time. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. All right, I got a story that's kind of crazy. I saw this. I was just like, this is one of those stories you see. You're just like, is this real? Is this actually happening? So a current NFL player who is in Nevada right now for the big game. I don't even know if we're allowed to say what it is. They're really strange about copyright stuff. They're there for the big game, and it has Roman numerals behind it, and the Roman numerals are LVIII quick side note for you. I don't, do you guys know how to read Roman numerals? I sure don't. I don't remember learning how to read them. I still don't know how to read them. When my kids ask what this means, I just don't know. And I tell them and it just means whatever. Uh, I take a guess. So right now I'm taking a guess. So it's the big game, 50 something. That's my guess. All right. So, uh, this player, and again, who we're not, we're not being told who this is. It's just a report right now. It's not confirmed. Nobody's confirming it. Although a lot of people are talking about it was reportedly attacked at Lake Las Vegas, outside of you know, they're well off the strip. Outside of the strip, kind of in the uh, in the middle of the desert, some player was apparently attacked by a coyote. You have a ton of coyotes out near my house. Aren't they creepy? Sometimes I hear them at night. This is a pack of coyotes howling at night. This is not this is not my house. I just found this on the internet, but. Very creepy stuff. So apparently what happened, there's a social media account which reports on things that are happening in Vegas and it wrote on X, the social media account, wrote on X, an NFL player in town for the big game was attacked by a coyote last night at Lake Las Vegas, according to a source. Apparently this, whoever's tweeting this is pretty accurate most of the time on the comings and goings of what's happening in in Vegas. And... A lot of people are talking about this now. Kansas City's second-year defensive back, his name is Joshua Williams, he posted on X, formerly Twitter, trying to get to the bottom of this. He was like, took a video. It's, uh, what do they call this? It's like Super Bowl week or something where they're interviewing all of the players. They're all at uh, uh, the stadium, and it's just of me- media free-for-all. And he's walking around, and the big story is not the big game. It is this coyote bite. We had a player apparently get attacked by a wild coyote. And okay. we just trying to figure, it's a like secret, though. Right. Out of all the positions, let's name some guys who might might be susceptible to being attacked by a Coyote. Leo Chanel. Okay. I feel like that's a hard target, but we'll take Leo Chanel. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he'll be out, out there adventuring like that. Yeah, he, he's pretty adventurous. George Con- Honestly, you, bro. We'll cut that one out. Don't let that happen again. So Total Sports, which is again is another uh, uh, sports site, they noted that the players on the Chiefs team are staying at the Weston Lake Las Vegas Resort and Spa, with the 49ers players staying at the Hilton Lake Las Vegas Resort and Spa about 25 miles outside of the Strip. I imagine probably for uh, safety reasons and because fans are very crazy and because people in Vegas are very crazy. Also, because you probably want your players to be as well-rested and as focused on the big game as you can, they probably decided it's not a great idea to have them stay at, uh, I don't even know what, like, hotel is on the Strip anymore. They change all the time. They're probably not staying at Caesars. Is that still a hotel? Uh, They're probably not staying at the Sands, if that even is still a hotel, which I don't think it is. Uh, So they're staying well off the Strip, but because they're out in this area, out in the desert, where a lot of wild animals can roam, and we've all seen Looney Tunes. We know that this is where coyotes go. They're in the desert. Um, Apparently, one of them came up to one of the players, according to this, and snapped at one of them and bit one of them. There's a lot of speculation on who this could be. And I'm thinking to myself, like, because it's just been a Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift year, could it even be, is it even possible it's any other player than Travis Kelsey? I don't know that it is. This is all speculation. This is just me in my head thinking, is it possible that it's anybody but Travis Kelsey? Because I feel like whatever the universe is doing right now, it's saying we want you to focus on Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. So what better way to get to focus on Travis Kelsey than to have him bitten by a coyote right before the game? Like like I can't imagine the stakes being any higher or the win feeling any 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 better for the Chiefs. And Travis Kelsey, then one, if he has this, you know, this highlighted relationship the entire time, the Chiefs are making all this extra money because Taylor Swift is at all these games. Every time she's at a game, she raises the value, the uh, the uh, network rights, and all these things are way. It's they just add value to the team by her being there, to the tune of like almost four hundred million dollars so far. Just her being in attendance at these games gets eyeballs on these games because people want to tune in to see if Taylor Swift is there. But let me ask you this: if you just found out that Travis Kelsey is playing in the Super Bowl, and he's got Taylor Swift there, and he had just been bitten by a coyote? Like a wild coyote? Isn't that a better story? I think so. All right, um, it, it does remind me of this story. Actually, I don't know if we have time for this. Do I have time for this, Matt? Okay, I'm gonna tell this really, really, really fast. My neighbor had this dog, and it was, I don't know what it was, it was like some sort of a um, tiny little dog. It was like a Shih Tzu and something else. One time, we successfully made it a bulldog with a Shih Tzu. That's weird. Yeah, we we called it a bull. <laughs> and this dog, this dog, I was happy to play that clip for you. Um, I love that. Anyway, this dog was tiny and it was old, like really, really old, and it was blind as a bat. And this is really sad. Like I can feel bad telling you this story, but it's. I think it's worth telling because it's, it has to do with what we're talking about right now. doesn't have to do with the chiefs. doesn't have to do, it has, this dog has nothing to do with Taylor Swift or Travis Kelsey. Like they're not in this story at all. I don't think they are actually. I mean, I suppose in some weird, weird universe that they are the culprits, but I doubt that they're the culprits in this story. So this dog, tiny little Shih Tzu, um, it's super blind and my neighbor is, has just sold her house. She's moving. She sold her house and she's decided she's, you know, taking her family and they're going wherever. And so uh, they uh, we see them all moving and doing all this stuff. And on her last day here, she uh, decides like literally right before they're getting in the car to leave. And I my, my, this I did not see this firsthand, but I'm like recounting to you what my neighbor told me uh, who was, you know, apprised of this situation. So my neighbor who's moving is out walking her dog, and she's kind of a kind of an older lady, really sweet lady, really nice lady. She's out walking her dog right before, just because this dog is like, very old and he's blind, and you know he's probably not holding it very well anymore. She doesn't want to make a mess in the car, and so she's walking him on this uh, strip of grass right next to the uh, uh, wildlife. What do they call it? A, a, a PWG? Uh, it's a wildlife growth protection area or something? Uh, WGPA, wildlife. Growth protection. That sounds right. She's walking him along this this green belt. That's what it is, green belt. She's walking him along this green belt, and he's on a leash, and she takes him off the leash for a second, like literally a second, so that he can pee. I don't know what she's doing. She's like 10 steps away. And this dog doesn't go far, because like I said, he's blind, and he's super old, so he's not even that mobile. And as she takes him off the leash, he kind (laughs) of sniffs over his way, sniffing around, And he finds a spot where he feels like he's, you know, ready to go. And he does his business. And as he's doing his business, I don't mean to laugh at this because it's not funny, but it is like crazy. A coyote in the middle of the day jumps out of the woods, like springs out of the woods, snaps the dog, and pulls it back into the woods like a raptor in Jurassic Park or something. Just like grabs the dog. Bingo. Gone. Dog's name's not Bingo. Uh, Grabs the dog blank gone into the woods and my neighbor lady she could have taken this dog anywhere to go pee she could have taken him down the road she could have let the dog just pee in her car she could have gone doesn't matter just like the tiny last minute thing that she decided to do is to let this dog go pee and I, i'm not laughing at it. i'm just like but it's such a crazy story right it's so bizarre and then you know, but now I got. Now I know that this. You know, there. I have a lot of coyotes in my. Wood. Like I mentioned, I have a ton of coyotes in my woods. I'm not happy that they're there, but they're there. I mean, it's just like, it's nature. What am I supposed to do about it? And I feel bad for her. Obviously, I don't. I'm, I don't. I'm, I'm not happy that her dog got snatched, but I just want to tell you that story because it's crazy. So I guess the lesson of the story is: keep track of your dogs. Make sure they stay on the leash. And if you're an NFL player, just be careful in the desert because the desert's a scary place. All right, we got a lot more coming up on the show. Stick around. We're going to be right back here on carbon Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. It is the final segment of the night. And as you guys know, I try to save what I think is the most interesting and just the best stuff for the final segment. It's kind of my way. You guys heard that phrase before, uh, a carrot and a stick. I don't actually know what that means, but I think there's some part of that analogy, which is like if you save something... For some, I, like, clearly the analogy is breaking down. Carrot, A carrot and a stick. I just don't get it. Like, what's a carrot and a stick? Who carries a carrot and a stick? I sure don't. One of them is good. One of them is bad. That's all I know. Is a good cop, bad cop? Is that what it is? Or is it just about carrot is a good thing and people want a carrot? It's stupid. Stupid analogy. Let's move on. I try to save the best for last. I thought this story was interesting. It's way more interesting than it should be. And maybe it's because I'm getting older. I don't know what it is, but I'm fascinated by this. So yesterday I asked you guys, I said, all right, tell me who you're voting for. A lot of you texted in, a lot of you said RFK Jr., a lot of you said Trump, a lot of you said Biden. There was no one definitive answer, to be honest, and that was kind of interesting to me. So my new question for you guys is, who do you think is going to win the presidential election? So you're not actually being held on the spot to tell me who you're voting for, because maybe that's like an invasion of your privacy. I don't know what the thing is. I mean, it's pretty private to like text in 888 If you don't tell me what your name is, I'm not going to know what your name is. So it's pretty anonymous. But if you're still uncomfortable saying you're voting for, because in this day and age, everybody's watching. Technology is always watching you. Maybe you're afraid of that. I don't know. So you tell me who you think is going to be the next president of the United States. But this was really fascinating. The whole reason I asked you that question is because yesterday, Biden's press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, probably uh, mispronouncing that name, but I think that's pretty close, sounds French. She was asked about Biden's mental fitness. She was not happy to get that question. How is President Biden ever gonna convince the three quarters of voters who are worried about his physical and mental health, that he is okay, even though in Las Vegas he told a story about recently talking to a French president who died in 1996. I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole with what? you, sir. What is are rabbit go... hole? Go ahead. He said go he ahead. talked to go ahead. You saw Vegas. the president in Vegas, in California. You've seen the president in South Carolina. You saw him in Mich- Michigan. I'll just leave it there. She's going to leave it there. All right, so Biden's talking to somebody who may or may not be alive. Well, no, who's not alive. I'm just, he's talking to somebody who's not alive. That's an issue, obviously. On the other side, you have Donald Trump. He's kind of a firebrand. People seem to be offended by him, even though a lot of folks, including Jamie Dimon, the CEO of Chase, said, hey, you know what? Economically, he's a pretty strong candidate. And a lot of the stuff he predicted about other countries, pretty strong as well. And so he says people should give Trump a second look, which is interesting, coming from the guy who's uh, CEO of one of the largest companies in the world. So this is really interesting, too. I'm, I'm like totally caught in between because both of these guys seem like not great options to me. In fact, we played that clip earlier from Brewster's Millions. You remember that one where it's none of the above? I feel like it's kind of a none of the above situation. But there's this guy who has been correctly predicting the president for the last, what is this, the last 40 years, since 1984, going all the way back to 1984. He is a professor at American University. His name is Alan Lichtman, and he has come up with a Russian mathematical geophysicist, which... All those things make him sound very smart. Uh, They created this prediction model, and they broke it down into 13 key factors. And if if you look at each one of those key factors and you assign them to one of the two candidates, at the end of those, whoever has more of the key factors ends up being the predicted winner of the presidential election. And all the way going back to 1984, they have used these key factors. They wrote this in a paper back in 1981. And it was called the Thirteen Keys back in 1981. They came up with, and if they assign each one of those keys correctly to whoever the two candidates are, so Bush Gore, uh, Clinton Bush, uh, Clinton, uh, um, who ran against Clinton, who ran against Clinton? Oh, Clinton Bush, Clinton first Bush. Um, Then they they get those, they get it right, and he has correctly predicted this since 1984. So listen to some of these key factors because right now he says all things. All things considered, when he looks at the 13 keys as they stand right now, Biden has a lead over Trump. He says, uh, um, "This is a, this is from an article." Lickman said that Biden led Trump in key two, as by but Lickman also did say he goes, I, "This is there's still a long way to go before he actually like locks in his prediction, which he doesn't do every election cycle until August, so election November." Prediction in August. So um, he says, Lichman uh, said that Biden led Trump in key number two, as Biden had not faced a serious challenger in his own party. He also led in key number three, as he is the incumbent. Key number six, claiming the long term economic trend is headed upward. Key number seven, that Biden has made major changes. Doesn't say if those are good or bad, but he has made major changes. And key number 13, explaining that a challenger should have broadly bipartisan support or be a national hero in the way that former President Dwight Eisenhower was after World War II. So Trump is not those things. So Biden is assigned those keys. Trump, on the other side, leads in keys 1, 11, and 12. He said that in key 1, that the Democrats do not hold more seats in the House than after the previous midterm elections, which I guess gives them some... Uh, some uh, uh, you know barometer of where the country is at, what they feel. Because if they love Biden a ton, then they would have voted in a ton of Democrats, but they didn't. Um, and in key number eleven, Biden has not had a major foreign policy win. In fact, just the opposite. And in key number twelve, Biden is neither charismatic nor a national hero. Key number nine would depend on the American people feeling that the Biden administration is tainted by a major scandal. Now, Lickman has argued that Trump, the, the Trump campaign, has not been able to convince the public, not just Republicans. Uh, of a major scandal involving the Biden administration. So all this Hunter stuff that people have been talking about, is that sticking? Who knows? But uh, Lickman doesn't seem to think it has yet. He says the secret to being a successful forecaster and the most important thing is keeping your own personal views out of it. He says, I've called about as many Republican wins as Democratic wins. In 2016, he says, I was virtually alone in predicting a win for Donald Trump. But again, he says... Biden is leading right now. He's edging Trump out a little bit, but he's not prepared to make those uh, final predictions until August because there is a long way and a lot can still happen. All right, this has been our show. I hope you found that last little bit fascinating. I just, I'm interested in that kind of stuff. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. Our ratings have been just stellar lately and the reason they're so good is because you guys are tuning in and you're super engaged and we really, really do appreciate that thank you so much. Sincerely from the bottom of my heart. I love doing the show for you guys. It's a blast. I get to hang out three hours a night with you guys every night and I have a blast doing it. So thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Great job, Matt. Thank you, Lisa. We got a great show tomorrow. Don't miss it. But right now I got to get some sleep. Night, night.